This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, we've got some advice for Jimmy Manoa. So when, when they stick that microphone in your face at the weekend, bro, when Dan Hardy's there with the microphone and he goes, Jimmy taught me through it, he goes, Dan, I'm just popping and popping, baby. Rumble, I'm coming for your ass. That's all you need to say, yeah? Kids, beware. Nick is on the bus and he's up to no good. What, the, the, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What are, them, what are them sweets that old men give you on the bus? Where have you been? Walking old, about with you, Tree. Isn't that you what old, old men son? hand out when you're sitting on the bus? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, is I'll that what they do around this I was way? Just, I was just going to say, I got the bus the other week, as you, you know. Stay well. out of the way, son. <laughs> yeah. And following on from yesterday's boxing show, Nick's accents go to another level. Beer can makes it sound like you're saying bacon in Jamaican. Beer can. See what I mean? Nice. Well done. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helping you out, brother. That's it. There That's you go. Good. So beer can makes you sound like you're saying bacon in Jamaican. A beer can butty. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jamaican Blackburn. <laughs> you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 84 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to UFC and also Nick's TV debut, which I'm sure you've enjoyed this week. Uh, if you follow us on social media, thank you so much. If you don't, go to at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check all our content out, our podcasts via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also available on iTunes. Thank you so much if you are a subscriber. Um, we genuinely do mean it. We really appreciate you coming on this little journey with us and participating in all the things that we are doing on a day-to-day, weekly basis. And your involvement with the things that we say on this show is um is is much needed we really do appreciate it i mean just off the back of last week's show we are thinking of getting some t-shirts made popping and plopping popping and plopping off the back went of, mad didn't it off the back of nick's uh, new catchphrases that's what we're going to do we're going to keep an eye out for catchphrases on a week-to-week basis now that nick comes up with last week <laughs> was popping and plopping we're going to get some new t-shirts made with a lovely <laughs> poo emoticon <laughs> And some champagne. And a champagne cork. Poop. Popping and plopping, baby. That's what we're doing. Hopefully, um, one of Nick's new pals that he's made on TV this week can uh, maybe drop that in their post-fight interview. That'd be wonderful. Try and get that in, yeah. Try and get uh, Jimmy Manoa does a job on Corey Anderson this weekend and chins him. And he goes, and he goes hey man, I'm just popping and plopping. <laughs> Shit's going to get real on here. Shit's going to get real. Brilliant. I was trying to talk him into calling out John Jones, but I should have really put my focus into... Them to what was his response to um, calling out John Jones? Because we shouted this, didn't we, at Manchester when he absolutely sends uh, <laughs> when he sends over St. Prue to the shop, mate. Yeah, yeah. He was breakdancing with over St. Prue after uh, getting chin from G- Jimmy. We were screaming, get on the microphone, Jim. Get on the microphone and say something crazy like call out John Jones. And he didn't do it. He didn't nope. use that opportunity. Did you nope. have a word with him? To be fair, Jimmy's a I big did. lad. Did, did, did he take your advice? Well, I never had a word, had a word, but I did say, are you going to call out? And he was like, you know, I'd like to have a title shot next. And I was like, nah, man, don't be waiting for no title shot. Just yeah. call out John Jones. Mm. Did you, um, I believe that you had a word with him and subscribed on Jimmy's phone to this podcast. Yep. Jimmy's uh, officially a fight disciple now as well. He's part of the crew now. Part of so Jimmy, I know you're listening to the show, right? Two things. Call out the champ. Yep. Don't fuck about. Call out the champ. Or John Jones. No, call out the champ. 
because John Jones ain't the champ. Well, you Cormier won't... Rumble haven't fought yet, so call them out. Call out the winner. That's what he's planning to do. He's planning to call out and ask for it to be next in line for the winner of Cormier versus Rumble. Right, don't mess about with John Jones. He's bloody smacked off his tits somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> Go for the champ, yeah. Go for the champ. So Cormier. I'm coming for your wrestling ass, mate. That's what yeah. I'm coming for. Rumble, I would take you down. He wants I would rematch. take you down. That's yeah. what we go for. Yeah? That's what <clears> we <throat> say. But prefix it with popping and plopping. So if you can do that, <laughs> that'll be wonderful. So when, when they stick that microphone in your face at the weekend, bro, when Dan yeah. Hardy's there with a the microphone and he goes, Jimmy taught me through it. He goes, Dan, I'm just popping and plopping, baby. <laughs> Rumble, I'm coming for your ass. That's all you need to say, yeah? Takes us to the next level, takes you to the next level, brother. Exactly. We'll go on this journey. Like Jimmy together. going to the next level, but it'll take us to the next we'll level. We'll go to the next level together, man. We're all in this together. Listen, before we get stuck into UFC London, because it is absolutely bonkers this week, um, we need to uh, revert back to Fortaleza. Um, a sensational weekend. Do you know something? We, we kind of miss this because for the last couple of weeks, we've been calling big nights, big cards, UFC 208, 209, all that type of stuff. Come and watch this. This is why we love UFC. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. What we should have done is fucked it all off and just gone, watch um, UFC Fortaleza from Brazil, right? Because this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, please get yourself a BT subscription. Go back and rob it, stream it, do whatever you need to do. Go and watch the main card from this particular event because yeah. it's absolutely sensational. I'll start at the top. Vita Belfour. Man, that man needs some TRT, doesn't he? He needs, oh, he's he needs to get back on his testosterone replacement treatment because <laughs> since he's been kiboshed and he's not allowed to use it, he's a shadow. He's a shadow of, him, of himself. It makes me feel better, though, because he's like nearly 40 and obviously I crossed, I crossed that, uh, that, that, that landmark pretty recently as well. And looking the way Vitor used to look, and then looking at myself in the mirror used to make me highly depressed. But Mate, I'd look like him, Vitor if I juiced up like see, he did. But seeing Vitor step in, into the octagon on Saturday night, I was like, yeah, right, that's a 40-year-old body. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, I've got one of them. I've got one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I've got one of them. And uh, he's just a shadow of the, as, he, the, as the man he once was, straight, isn't he? let's be honest. Kelvin Gastelum at this weight looks amazing. He looks is awesome. He's lighting people up for fun. Yeah. And when you get Vitor on your uh, resume... You can't be too far away from a big shot. Definitely not. No, what what I loved about it, yes, he's not the biggest middleweight out there, of course, because he's you know he's a welterweight that can't make weight. But for me, he could have the best boxing in the UFC. Yeah, he's His great. His boxing is outstanding. Mm. He is so quick. Get him um, in with Floyd Mayweather, and he hits so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he hits so hard. You know, I've never really thought of it before because I still always kind of think he's a welterweight. He's in the wrong weight class right now. But you class him as a fat welterweight. I'll tell you what, a fat welterweight, yeah. I'll tell you what, a fight with Michael Bisping would be awesome, you know, because Mike's got great boxing great striker, as well. Yeah. Mike's probably got the reach advantage. Gaston's probably got a little bit of more of a speed advantage. I think that's a great stand-up battle. I really do. I think Gaston has proved himself as being a, the real deal in this weight class, unbeaten now. And uh, lighting people up like he did at the weekend, you're right, he, he can't be a million miles away. I was so impressed with him. His confidence was just outrageous. It was like he hit Vito early on. Mm. It was just like, right, you're I'm going. Yeah, 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 you're going, yeah. Um, if Vito didn't feel old in the octagon, this will make you feel old, Vito, because I know you're a big fan of ours. And I'm a big fan of yours, Vito, for all yep. the things that you've done over the years. Obviously, we met in Manchester. We had a lovely moment where we talked about Halloween together. Weird. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that Brazilian comedy. Yeah. Not really. Um, but um, Vito... Um, if if you didn't feel old in the octagon, this will make you feel old. When you made your UFC debut, Kelvin Gastelum was five years of age. Wow, that's scary, isn't it? In it. What was Vitor then? 19, something like that? Mm. 18, 19, when yeah, he yeah, won the yeah. UFC tournament? Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, that, uh, that'll do it. That'll make you feel <laughs> And obviously not being on the TRT anymore. Yeah. That, that'll uh, that'll also sort you out. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, it's... Vito's the previous generation now, isn't he? He's the rampage. Well, no wonder he wants the Legends League. This is what he wants exactly. now, isn't he? He goes, I can't compete with these young whippersnappers. Let's get me a Legends League. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, if Vito would have won at the weekend, I could have seen him fighting again with Anderson. I think that would have made sense. Well, Kelvin Gastelum wants Anderson but, now. Uh, no, but... Candela, can, There's no point Gaston, because Kelvin will light him up. Yeah, he will light up Anderson Silver. He's far too quick now. Anderson's not the fight he once was. So, mm. but I understand why he wants it. You know, let's fight a legend. Why not? Let's go for it. Um, one one thing was worth noting at the weekend is Gastelum is now working with Rafael Cadero. I saw now, that. You, you know how much of a fan of Rafael Cadero I am. Uh, hell of a striking coach, possibly one of the best striking coach. Well, categorically one of the best striking coaches on the planet. Um, he had a busy night. Because he had the top three fights. Yeah, yeah, they're all in. He was in his corner. Mm. Obviously, Dariush got beat. It helps that they're all Brazilian. Um, but Shogun won. No, Dariush isn't. He was in Dariush's oh, right, corner. Yeah, yeah, Dariush sorry, got yes, beat. he was. Yeah, yeah. Shogun won. Gastelum won. Um, Gastelum's not Brazilian either. He's Mexican. Sorry, I thought he was in Vito's corner. No, he wasn't. He no, was he's in Gastelum's, Gastelum's corner. Yeah, Gastelum's yeah, yeah. Corner, so yeah. He's, he's coming on so well. He's working with Kenny Johnson, I think. It, he's, he's just got, he seems to, because he was fighting out of Arizona. Gastelum, and then he went on the ultimate fighter, and then he was kind of going back there, and then he it ended up, at, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was ended up in San Diego at Alliance for a while, but now he seems to be with uh, Rafael Cadero. It was quite a surprise to me as well, but he looked amazing. His striking looks absolutely on point. He looks so strong at this weight class, and he's putting people away. Mm. Exciting. Yeah, he is. Looking forward to the rise. But having said that, though, in this uh, weight category... There's a shitload of killers, mate. Big guys as well, like monsters. Proper. Put- I mean, we've got Yol waiting. We've got, obviously, uh, Musashi and Weidman going toe-to-toe yeah. very, very soon. Stand Kelvin Gastelum next to Luke Rockhold and tell me the same weight class. And Luke Rockhold's supposed to be injured. He's not there or thereabouts. You've got Jacare, he's massive as well. Massive. Huge. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably why Gastelum's Let's just like, have a Royal Rumble. I could move back down. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Stick them all in for a Royal Rumble. That'll be wicked. I just think he should stick... Last man he, standing. That'd he be good. Stick, he should stick around at middleweight until he gets beat. Kind of like Cowboy was doing. Cowboy was flying towards a welterweight title show. Shot, then he got beat. You know what I mean? I think Gaslam should. Don't get me wrong, the whole cowboy thing, he should never have taken that fight. It was a mistake to fight Masvidal, blah, blah, blah. But he should just stay at this weight now, Gaslam, and just see what else comes. It, it was the right idea to call it Anderson Silva. Mm. Um, you, if he can negate the Yol Romero's and the Luke Rockholds and the Chris Weidmans of this world and somehow get himself to a title shot. Listen, stranger things have happened at the end of the day. GSP's just come back after a five-year hiatus and walked straight into a title shot. So this is the WME IMG way, baby. If you're if you're selling tickets and fans want to see you, you're going to get the fights. Talk to me about Shogun. He rolled back the years, didn't wow. he? Wow. Yeah. That, do you know what? Watching that fight, I, it was awesome. It was an awesome fight with, with uh, Jean Valente. Um and they were both hit throughout the fight. Like, Shogun was hit really bad in the first round. That stanky leg he had. But there's something about Shogun. <laughs> You're so gangster, aren't I know. you? There's the some- way that you refer to people getting buzzed in fights. Stanky leg. Stanky leg. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about Shogun Hua. From the streets, man. And his massive thighs and his little fat belly hanging over his tiny little white Valley Tudo shorts, which are always stained in blood after about a minute. There's something about that image that makes me think mixed martial arts like, mm. you know I don't know whether because 
when I first started watching it, like Shogun was already a bit of a name, you know, Shogun came through, sorry, a bit later on. And, you know, he's just someone that's obviously been around for a full decade and he's always had them little white valley through those shorts and he's always been, looked the same as he looks now and fights the same way as he fights now. Yeah, yeah. Just to see him roll back the clock and stuff. It was, uh, when that happened, to be honest, I was like, is Vitor going to do the same thing? Is Vitor going to roll up? Because going into the fight, I actually thought Vitor was going to somehow find something, be just too big and too long and too powerful in the opening exchanges for Gastelum. And then you saw him. And then I saw him <laughs> and thought, oh, it's me. <laughs> it's me fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Why am I not surprised? He's going to get absolutely lit up, mm. which is exactly what happened. Jean Valente, perfect opponent for Shogun Huard, also in the twilight of his career. Throw Shogun in with Jimmy Manoa. You know. Yeah, probably. I won't be surprised if, if Jimmy Manuel beats Corey Anderson at the weekend, I would not be surprised if uh, Jimmy Shogun is made. Yeah, well, they've tried to make it in the past, and uh, I know Jimmy was down for it. Um, I think Jimmy takes him out, to be honest with you. I think he's got... He's, you know, Too he's, much juice in that left hand. Yeah, exactly. I think Jimmy takes him out. It's a great fight for Jimmy, to be honest with you. If Jimmy's got a mark time while John Jones comes straight back into a title shot, which West Slavese, it probably will happen. Mm. Uh, Jimmy versus Shogun as chief support on that card later in the summer, ahead of a, a title shot later in the year, would be awesome. Right. Let's um, let's get stuck into uh, the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. Which is better? Edson Barboza, Venom Page, or Semtex? We're talking about flying knees, just in case you've not seen this at the weekend. Because it once was, it, we love a flying knee, man. Oh, just the way that it's timed. It's like caramel, isn't it? <laughs> flying knees are caramel. Butter. Like chocolate for your ears. What are them old man sweets that, that old men give Where you It's a Werther's original, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Werther's original. What, the, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. A what, are them, what are them sweets that old men give you on the bus? <laughs> Where have you been? Walking about with you, Tree. Isn't that you what old, old men hand out when you're sitting on the bus? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, is I that what they do around this I was way? Just, I was just going to say, I got the bus the other week, as you, you know. You stay well. out of the way, son. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell, that's a bit fruity. Yeah. Oh, watch out for old men dishing out Werther's Originals on Liverpoolian Listen, buses. not to knock Barbosa's finish, because you know I'm a huge Barbosa fan. Great I said it on finish. the show last week, I've, I know Edison, I know his wife, I know his family. I've got, kept in contact ever since he did my mate Terry Etim, Um and I've covered him over the years plenty of times. It's a great finish. It was perfectly timed finish, and to be honest... Got to be honest here, again, my boy Rafael Cadero working the corner. I thought Dariush was, looked fantastic in the first round. Absolutely, his striking was absolutely on point. Dariush comes from very much a grappling background. Yeah. Ace, you know, BJJ black belt. He went to Rafael Cadero to turn him well, into a striker you said to make him week, a rounded that, fighter. That his BJJ might be too much. That's what. It, so I was like, last week I was like, Dariush on the ground, wins this all day. Yeah, yeah. But he's one of those ex-black belts who've come to MMA, falls in love with strike and wants to prove a point. But he did prove a point against Barbosa in the first round. I think he caught Barbosa cold a little bit where he was like, wow, your striking's on point. But Barbosa th- took over in the second round and then obviously when that finish came, Shitting. it was just perfectly timed because it was just as Dariush come rushing in. Mm. He just spr- It wasn't even from distance. Mm. He just sprung yeah. straight up. It was an amazing finish just to go back to your... Uh, very, very, su- very Super Mario West. Yeah, the, exactly. The, the spring. It just literally sprung right on the spot. There was no leap into it. It wasn't yeah. like a flying knee necessarily. It was more of a jumping knee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfectly timed jumping knee. Knocks him out cold. Got to go and see it. But just to draw that comparison, Michael Venom Page's flying knee against Cyborg, where he literally leapt from one side of the cage to and, the other. And broke his skull. Last year and smashed his skull. Basically retired the Brazilian fighter. He'll never, ever fight again. Not with a skull like that. 
you've you've still you've got to go with MVP still. You know, I think that was there's a reason why that was voted. Semtexes was good, year. man. There was a spring in Semtexes. Yeah, no, that was an awesome finish by Paul as well, but. Both in Bellator, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I, I think MVPs probably just get to know. But listen, Barbosa is a legit guy at lightweight. It's just where does he go though? With the lightweight division is on lockdown. Mm. Connor's at well. The other two, have, their fights just been put off. Gonna be on put on hold again. Who'd you put in with Edson Barbosa now? Do you want one? Do you want a lightweight? Go on. That he can go in with. Kevin Lee off the undercard, the guy who I said on last week's show, look out for this kid who's headlined the prelim card, originally from New York, trains out of Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. Kid is an incredible, incredible talent. I said on last week's show, make sure you look out for him. He will do the business. For Trinaldo, the absolute Brazilian veteran, all the crowd against him. Trinaldo beats him up first round, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, here's another one of Nick's famous Fight Disciples predictions that's going to go by the wayside. What does my boy do? Completely turns it round, gets his hooks in from behind, takes back control, sinks in a rear naked choke against the Brazilian in Brazil, which is always a lovely little way to finish a fight. Silences the place, you know, mm-hmm. almost as good as Kelvin Gastelum silencing the place. But listen, this Kevin Lee now, he's ranked. This is a 22, 24-year-old kid. He's got so much ability, raw ability, that he can't be denied anymore. I think that makes him a top 10 fighter. I think Trinaldo, Trinaldo for me is like a top 10, top 15, like a gatekeeper to the top 10. You beat Trinaldo, then you're in the top 10 equation, in my opinion. So I think Kevin Lee's got to be in the mix now. And Kevin Lee against Edson Barbosa, if Barbosa's got nothing else going on, I think that could make a brilliant fight. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Still to come on the show, we will be talking about UFC London, of course, our boy Jimmy, or should I say, Nick's new best mate, Jimmy Manuel. He's going to be uh, fighting this weekend against uh, Corey Anderson. Stick around for that. But first of all, there's a little bit of news that we would like to just touch upon. If you're expecting us to go balls deep on uh, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, hold your horses because we did it yesterday on our boxing show. So if you want an in-depth look of Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, get yourself over there. Make sure you download it. Episode 83, it's there. It's waving at you. Come on, come and have a listen to us. It's all on there. Uh, One thing that I did want to bring up regarding um, the Khabib, uh, Tony Ferguson call-off, and I'm I'm annoyed with this, was that uh, Tony Ferguson received less than half of his uh, contracted show money. I think that's absolutely ridiculous because he was... Well, you mentioned this on last week's show, and there was rumours that this was going to happen. It's now been confirmed that that happened. Less mm-hmm. than half of your contracted show money. You've made weight. You've turned up. The fight's been called off not because of your fault. Tough shit. You've you've kept your part of the contract. End of. I've never I've never known about this previously about this happening at UFC events, um, and I don't know any promotion in boxing or anything that would that would do that. You know, it's. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me in terms of the fact that he has fulfilled his contractual obligations. Mm. He has contracted to turn up at a certain place at a certain time and make a certain weight and be ready to fight and pass a doctor's test. And he did all those things. And how, then the guy that he's fighting pulls out and then he's penalised. Exactly. That's so out of order. How, how that makes any sense to anybody outside of the UFC network, I've got no idea. You know, it, Are they punishing him because he was offered another fight for less money? Um. 
They shouldn't be punishing him at all. He should, for me, he should just get a show money. He should. Obviously, there's no bonus involved, but he should have got the. I think it was half a million dollars. Both him and Khabib were looking at picking up, mm. uh, and there was no win bonus anyway. So, the fact that he's probably got less than two hundred grand from what we're hearing is absolutely outrageous. It's still good money for doing now. It is, but <laughs> but where does he go now? You know, yeah. Khabib's a wall still. We still haven't got any news out of Dagestan in terms of when Khabib's going to be coming back. Mm. Uh, there was talk of it being moved to the two eleven card. That's gone. You know, definitely quiet now, so it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. Mm. The fact that Khabib went back to Dagestan for me was the was the big thing because it was like, wait a minute, don't leave the country. You know, if you've got minor problems, go back to California, sure, go man, back we'll to ATT, yeah. go back to your own camp where you're based anyway. Um, sort your medical problems out and get on two eleven. You know, don't leave the country because I think once you leave, once he leaves the country, he goes back to Dagestan. Starting again, aren't his we? training goes back to zero. Yeah, it goes back to nothing. Where if he was just had some, you know, uh, dehydration issues or whatever it was, then it was kind of take a step backwards and then move forward again. But that's the worrying thing. If I was Tony Fagan, it's like, is this fight ever going to happen? This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now then, USC London, let's turn our attention to that. Um, we've been waiting, eagerly anticipating this particular show since obviously UFC Manchester and UFC 204. We were there till the early hours of the morning. It's quite refreshing that the UFC are looking after at the British fight fan by putting this on at a reasonable time so we can all go to bed at a lovely time of the morning rather than staying up till 7am. Thank you very much for that. The lovely organisers at UFC Europe. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Thank you very much. Um, now then, regarding the bill, we spoke about this uh, on, many t- uh, on many occasions. There's so many different narratives um, throughout the bill mm-hmm. that, that are enough to wet the whistle. None more so than, obviously, Brad Pickett's last ride out. But we're going to go right to the top. And the reason why I'm going right to the top, mate, is because I was working in London last week doing my thing. And this is how big the UFC is now getting. Normally, when there's a UFC event on, you don't see anything really advertised anywhere. Obviously, no. this is in London, so therefore it is a little bit of an exception. And I'm in London at this time of talking. But you go to any tube station, there's massive UFC posters everywhere. Every bus stop's got UFC posters on there. The digital flyovers on Waterloo Bridge has got UFC posters on there. Everybody is talking UFC London. This is absolutely massive, and the UFC need to continue to build on this because there's obviously a demand and a thirst for it right here, not only in London, but in the whole of the country. Yeah. Well, we're starved, aren't we? We get one show in the UK a year, that's why. Uh, one show every two years, if, you know. And there needs to be more. There needs to be a lot more. Uh, there needs to be more shows. There needs to be more events. There needs to be. We want. We're starved of the UFC in Europe. So when the events come over here, they sell out straight away. They sell out before they even announce the main events, as we know. Um, so for me, you know, looking at the UFC London card, I'm super excited about it. I'm down there all this, you know, all week in the build up. I'm, I'm really excited for it. The, there's loads of narratives throughout the entire card to get excited about. But then you look. It's very much a, a British a mayor card. That's that's the only issue I've got. Yeah, there's no there's no world superstar. Well, there's no global appeal. You know, it, it yeah. says it all that this is a fight night card. Yeah, it's not even being screened on TV in America. This card, it's only on Fight Pass. Mm. It's only on online, and that says everything you need to know about this card. Forza Zella last week in Brazil was on Fox Sports. Mm. Because when you look down the card, yes, it had a couple of Brazilian legends it, on there, but you've also got the likes of Kelvin Gastelum, and you've yeah. also got, you know, Kevin Lee. This international, it's a very much American flavour. These rising stars, it was a great card. I'm not saying that this is not a great card, but when you look down it, 
this could be a Cage Warriors card from six years ago. Yeah, and it's also a card that a lot of British fight fans will have seen in Manchester because a lot of these guys were on that card anyway. Yeah, and that, that, that's another thing, that a little bugbear. It's like, you know, how many times do you want to see the same guys just fighting the UK? And these guys, no slight on these guys because they're kind of like, if, if there wasn't a card in the UK, when would I fight? You know, they only get to fight on UK or Amaya cards. Yeah. You know, there's, there's guys on there that I've never fought in the US, yet they could be four or fives into the UFC career. It's such an, a weird little thing. Now, that works if you come in regular. That works if you're doing four shows a year. That's fine because the guys are keeping busy. But when you're Arnold Allen and you don't fight outside of the UK, he hasn't fought for over a year. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, it's, it, it's weird at the moment. It's hard to criticise because... Knowing the UFC since the buyout, since the WME IMG takeover, you know, like every super business, these massive uh, business deals that are done, what happens is they, they suck the resources back into the core and they go off a skeleton staff and they kind of do the minimum and then they rebuild out again and they go twice as big. And at the moment, it's like the, the, the vortex is sucked in. You know, the, the, the staffing levels are right down. I know the U, in London, in the Amaya head office there, you know, they, they used to have dozens and dozens of staff. Now there's a handful of staff. And that's that's the same around the world. Executives, as we know, have gone all around the world. At the moment, it's sucked right in, so we're getting the minimum. All we can hope for is that we get more cards, we get better cards, mm. we get bigger cards for the whole of Europe. And that's got to be the way it goes. You don't pay four billion. We talked about this. We don't, you don't pay four billion for something and then, you know, it up. and then bugger it up yeah you, you want to you pay four million to make it into eight million and the only way you do that is by investing and the only way you can get any big you can't get any bigger in america it's on fox it's on it's on you know the biggest sports channels everyone's talking about it everyone's excited about it it's massive it doesn't get any bigger than that the way you get it bigger is by having a massive market in india a massive market in china grow the market in australia Obviously, you grow the market in Europe, which is why the UFC, Dana White's hinted to it already. They're going to do a, a Russian card. There's going to be a big Russian show coming up soon. I.e., why do you don't want to piss off Khabib and everything else? So this it's coming, but I feel like I've been saying that as editor of Fighters Only for the last six years. I feel like I've been selling that to fans for a long time now. We're next. It's coming. The UFC are going to do big in this market. It's going to get bigger. You know, We're, we're still being drip-fed cards, and unfortunately, as as... Exciting as this card is because the matchups are very good. The matchmakers have done a good job, and I'm excited for pretty much every fight on the card. It hasn't got that star power. Let's be honest, it hasn't got that star power, does no, it? No, it hasn't. But as every single week when we talk about the UFC, we see the star power cards. Yeah, and some of them haven't lived up to expectation. 100. percent You look at this card. Fortezella last week was exactly. better than the two pay per views. Absolutely. You look at this, and this could be better than the whole lot of them. Exactly. exactly. Because it's got guys here that need to come to prove themselves to get to get to the next level Jimmy's one of those guys yeah Jimmy's one of those guys that if he puts in a, a scintillating performance if he knocks this kid out in the first round right for example he has to be in the mix and if he gets on the mic and he says whatever he wants to say popping and plopping as we said right at the start of the show Jimmy just to remind you okay mate popping and plopping and then call out the champ he's he's only for me He's, he's maximum one fight away from a, a title shot. Yeah, big win against Corey Anderson. He's one more win away. I agree with that completely, completely. Um, but Corey Anderson comes to fight as well. You know, Corey Anderson, he's got that wrestling base. But again, like so many grapplers, he's fell in love with striking. You know, and he's got a really good striking game now. He's Bad move started. if you're doing that against Jimmy Manoa. I completely agree. Uh, but what he can do is he can use his, his striking is good, Corey Anderson. It's better than OSPs. Um, and I think he can... 
if he can use that to distract Jimmy or to connect with Jimmy and then go for the takedown, that's when obviously Jimmy's going to struggle. But then again, Jimmy's takedown defence, he tells us, has been awesome because he's been working with Alexander Gustafsson yeah. based out of Stockholm. So, listen, it's a great opportunity for both these guys. It's a good main event. Both guys are ranked in the top 10. You can't argue about that. You know, it, uh, As a fight, you can't argue this is a good fight. It is a good fight for where these both these guys are in the top 10. Hmm. Um, How is Jimmy, by the way? He's good, yeah. He's in re- he's really good place. He looks massive. He looks absolutely huge, bigger than bigger than ever. I noticed you were doing like Twitter and Instagram things with him. Yeah, yeah, we were, you know, mates. Nick's uh, pals. Nick's ventured out Friends. into um, doing. He's been using an app called Boomerang, right? As uh, as Nick um, with his mates down at uh, WME IMG Studios as they filmed the new. Um, Breakdown. Break, UFC breakdown. UFC breakdown show for BT. And yep. Dan Hardy was there, obviously. Nick's there. Manawa was there. And Dan Gooden was there as well. Yep. All the guys were there, and they're all like acting like a bloody boy band, weren't you, lads? Yeah? Every single one of you acting like a flipping boy band. <laughs> Pretend you're in Westlife, weren't you? <laughs> Loving it. Loving it. It was, a good, it was a good laugh, actually. They're all good lads. And Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy, and he's super confident. Yeah. Absolutely super confident. I thoroughly so. encourage anybody, by the way, to go and watch that. It's a, it's a great show. Yeah. Um, Listen, John John is mustard, and Dan, you know, he's you a know, joke. You know, Dan's analytics, the way he breaks down fights is just redonkulous. We're filming them shows live. Um, obviously, the feeder bits, but Dan's pre recorded, like the stats bits. But then, well, sorry, the stats boards are ready, the highlights, but Dan does that live, top of his head. Bang, look at this, look at this, look at this now. As the team, it's amazing, it's incredible how he does it. He's got so much knowledge, but he drops them bombs and then walks straight back, and we just go straight in. You know, we kind of do it as live as possible to have that realism about it. And some of the times I'm still like, that was awesome. That was awesome. Like, how did you see that? He is very good how did at breaking you down see a fight. That? Yeah, it's that move where he talked about Juban, where he pulls them over, but then deliberately brings them back onto an elbow. Uh, elbows, yeah. Like, how did you spot that? How did you spot that that was working? But mm. listen, that's why he's one of the best in the business, you know, so. Available on YouTube. You can go and check that out. We'll yep. put a link on our Facebook so you can have a little bit of a nosy on that if you want. Um, and it's also on Proper TV. It's on B- BT TV, yep. um, which was out on Tuesday of this week. I've no doubt there have been repeats all this week as we build up towards UFC London. And Nick wears a shirt and, um, and wears makeup and, uh, <laughs> and fake tan because it's telly. Exactly. See, you when can. we do this, he just turns up in his pyjamas. He sat here <laughs> in his underpants. That's yeah. when he sat there, and, he's, and he was eating a bowl of Cheerios two minutes ago. Don't Ka- care. I'm sitting here in my Kylo Ren pyjamas. Look at that. Big time you, aren't you, boy? Big time. Um, let's talk about Brad Pickett, because he's a yeah. pal of yours. You've wow. done some stuff with him previously. Yeah. Um, what a career. What a ride out, but nearly ended in disaster, because he's had a last-minute change of opponent, and the geezer that they brought in might as well just come straight from the Ninja Turtle set, because this guy's an absolute killer. Yep, exactly. He was supposed to fight Henry Briones, which was, you know, a, a good fight anyway. Yeah, but Jimmy, uh, sorry. But now they've brought in... Brad, some, Brad's, you know, Brad's taking him out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, they've brought in some 24-year-old kid now. <laughs> and they've done him absolutely no favours at the last minute. Listen, we were talking about this off off camera at the studios, but I was like, why didn't they bring in Neil Seary? Good shout. Brad and Neil Seary had an absolute war in London in this same venue a couple of years ago when Seary first came into the UFC. Made It literally made Neil Seary. And since then, he's gone and had an incredible career. And then likewise, the two of them are the same. These guys have had incredible UFC careers. Did they have title charges? Did they have these, you know, a dozen fights and, and straight weight knockouts, whatever? No, they didn't. But that's not what it's about. 
These guys put on a show every time. Neil Seary, Brad Pickett, neither of them have ever been in a dull fight. Now, Seary's obviously desperate to have one last fight before he retires, which has been on and off again, on and off again so many times, yeah. as you know. Brad has announced that this is his last fight. Briones pulls out last week. Siri goes on Twitter going, I'll have it. I can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to make weight. Let's do a rematch. Every fan in the world must have gone, first fight was awesome, yeah, do it. And then both of you ride off into the sunset. You know, I'm at, Both of them could have put their gloves down in the centre of the octagon after the bell, regard, before they even read out who won, won, lost or drawn. Clear off. And just gone, right, that's us. Forget it. You know, Call it a draw, whatever. We're both out. That would have been amazing moments. But instead, they go and bring in some 24-year-old killer in Marlon Vera so you know listen Vera aside and I said it on the BT Sports show as well this is Brad's night it's not Marlon Vera's night this is Brad Pickett's night he's played the bridesmaid in his last fight where Uriah Faber you retired in California and Brad was the bridesmaid and played the path perfectly yeah this is Marlon Vera's time to play bridesmaid now he's got to turn up and realise that this is Brad Pickett's big swan song yeah and if he beats Brad Pickett in London he ain't getting out of there alive. <laughs> I'm telling you now. Because Brad Pickett, if anyone deserves a big finish, it's Brad Pickett. And yeah. I said on the show, I think Brad wins on points. But you know what? One punch, with a name like One Punch, surely he's got to end it all with a one-punch knockout. Surely. What a way to finish that would be. Can I just say as well, if you are going to the event at the weekend and you are a fan... Uh, that will be in the don't crowd. Start telling people to buy, don't start telling people I'm going to buy drinks now again. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Last week's show. I'm not going to do that, right? What I'm going to say, I'm going to try and stick up for Brad Pickett because last time um, we were in Manchester, Brad Pickett walked to the Octagon. What happened? Someone nicked his mm. hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? That's what I was going to say. So if you are in London this weekend, yes, I know you'll have had a bevy. Yes, I know that you'll be enjoying yourself, all right? But let Brad have his hat. Yeah, exactly. Let, 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 let him walk to the Octagon to be honest, with his hat on. I think he said as well he's going to... When he after this fight, he's going to take both gloves off. He's going to take his hat off, and he's going to put them down in the center of the octagon, and that'll be his big, you know, the big finish, if you like. So, yeah, don't steal his hat, man. He needs his hat. That's part of his finish. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be emotional, not just for Brad, but for everyone in his team, and you know, and for UK MMA fans that have followed his career for the last fifteen years. You know, this is a guy that I first seen fighting Birmingham. On a cage raid show, what feels like a billion years ago now. Then obviously he flew the flag fighting in WEC. Then he got into the UFC, and he's always been a fan favorite. And it's going to be an emotional time. I think Brad might find it quite emotional too. Also on that card, Gunnar Nelson. You're a massive fan of his. Yeah, massive fan. But I'll tell you what, Alan Juban can, can fight, man. Alan Juban is not only a good-looking bastard, <laughs> but the guy can fight. You know what I mean? This is a guy that used to do bab- model for Burberry and, you know, a proper catwalk model, you know, a handsome <laughs> chap. And uh, he's turned his back on all that to become a professional fighter. Mental. But uh, he's, he's amazing Mai Tai. His background is Mai Tai. Amazing. Obviously, Gunny's background's karate. And then the uh, Gunny's obviously a, a black belt, jiu-jitsu, but... Uh, Alan Juban's 10th uh, Planet Jiu-Jitsu fight as well Eddie Bravo which basically means you don't know what the fuck he's going to do because that Jiu-Jitsu Eddie Bravo teaches these crazy crazy skills so it's uh, it's an amazing fight it's a fight that for me that Gunny's got to win to keep his top 10 ranking otherwise he loses his top 10 ranking and suddenly he starts to lose all his you know that whole f- support in Europe that Gunny's got that we really you know Gunny Nelson uh, was the big, one, the biggest rising star out of Europe, and then Connor came along, signed for the UFC after him, 
and has completely and utterly overshadowed him. No, no shame in that. He's overshadowed everybody. But this is Gunny's got to stand up and and, and be noticed. The uh, this London card, and uh, and if he doesn't, he's going to be under pressure. What else is catching your eye on this London card? Because you're obviously going to be there. You're Octagon yeah, side, yeah. You're in I, there. I'm all over it because obviously I did the BT Sports show, so I've, I've been all over this card from start to finish. Leon Edwards has been brilliant in his last couple of fights. He fights uh, the Brazilian Vincente Luque. We didn't mention that on BT, but that's a great fight. Mate of ours, Scott Askham's on there as well. Scotty Askham against Bradley Scott in an all-UK derby fight, so anything could happen there. Likewise, Ian Entwistle takes on... The Welshman Brett Johns as well. NC hasn't quite been at the races in his last couple of fights, but Brett Johns, tell you what, he, this kid looks switched on, this Welsh kid. So I really fancy that one. And then, obviously, your mate, Mark Jacasey, is uh, has been out with uh, Scotty Askham training in Florida. Apparently, he's How, looking how, how, how are you super- pronouncing his name? Well... This whoa, is it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Has somebody, this is it. Has somebody given you a pronunciation? We've been. I've been tugged. Yeah, I've been. Someone's pulled me here when I was at the BT Sports show. So, so it's not dear Keys. It's not dear Keys. It's Jacasey. Jacasey. Yeah, we've been billing. We've been selling them wrong. Well, we're north. We're mate, northerners. When I was face to face with the guy, I I, I said Jacasey. He, he too polite. Mark, you're too polite, mate. Yeah. You should have corrected me. Jacasey. I've, I've been. I've been corrected myself. Mark Jacasey. Mark Jacasey. When you said yeah. his name, then I'm going. Who the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mark Jacasey. Mark Jacasey. Yeah. Right, apparently okay. so. But he's been out on ATT training with uh, with Scotty Askham. They've done the whole camp there. And sounds out of ATT, all the guys there, obviously Brad Pickett's out there, and, you know, uh, there's a Maiders Row ATT, Robbie Lawler, all those guys. He's one of them. They've been, Mark is one of them. They've been literally saying, listen, this Mark Jacasey guy is the real deal. This this guy is a future world champion. He's, he's impressed a lot of people over there. So, listen, for me, he wasn't great in Manchester, was he? I think we kind of put too much expectation no, on him. No, in Manchester he was good. Last time out. Yeah. Oh, last time out, sorry. Last time yeah, out, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we, you know, he'd, he'd be he looking win, to put in. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, he'd be looking to do a big yeah. performance. And Timmy Packlin, he looked great in his last fight, the Finnish fighter. Mm. It's weird that guy. You know the guy with the, he's got a curly moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I see him fight, for some reason, I either think I need a haircut or I want an ice cream. He's got, <laughs> <laughs> he's got that trendy like <laughs> London and look about him with the curly moustache and the no socks and the shoes up. By you know, he's a bit of a hipster. Pants, yeah, he's complete hipster. Yeah. So I'm not holding that against him, but you know, Jacasey will probably wipe the floor with him. And, I can't uh, get used to you calling him that. Okay, well, let's move on then. Uh, for me, Tom Brees, Tom Brees is uh, the one that I'm going to pick out. Fighting Bang Bozy, who is a lethal striker from the east coast of the US, a real strong kickboxer. But Tom Brees, listen, this was the guy that we were all getting super excited about. He was previously at welterweight. He went to TriStar. He looked amazing. Last two fights, not Tom Brees. Fighter formerly known as Tom Brees. Mm. Too patient, too slow, not going after it, not killing it. I spoke to Tom last week and I was like, I'm not being funny. Like, who have you become? Like, you've changed and not for the better. You know, he lost his last fight. The previous fight was a point win, but a bit of a grinder. And uh, he was like, listen, I've moved back to Birmingham. I've moved back to the UK. Tristar is amazing, surrounded by amazing fighters, but it wasn't for me. I needed to come home. I feel better at home and I feel more confident going into this fight and blah, blah. And got his hunger back. He, he seems like he's got it back. And he was like, wait until you see London. I'm going to be back on it. I'm going. I'm looking for the finish. I ain't going to be patient. I ain't going to wait for things to happen. I'm going to make them happen. So I'm going to hold Tom to his word. And hopefully we see the very best of Tom. I remember Brees when we Saturday. first started doing the USC show, you were whipping on about Tom, Tom Reese like bigging him right up. Tom, Tom has been the man out of the anyone that you know has follows UK MMA, not the UFC, but UK MMA has known about Tom for a long time. Tom has got so much ability, and 
moving out to TriStar, while it makes sense because of his ability, he needs to, the next level of coaching. There's there's one thing being with the best, some of the best coaches in the world, or a teammate, but being a small fish in a big pond, if you like. And yeah. then there's Listen, another thing got, about tr- coming home and having the confidence of being the man. Yeah. You know, it affects faces in different ways. Sometimes you've got to try stuff, though. Of course. And he's obviously tried it. He's done two years better, out there. Yeah, it's better to try it and then realise, okay, that's not for me, than yeah. wonder about whether to He's done two it. years out there, and I guarantee his game has come on faster than the last two years than it has done in the previous ten years. That's mm. categorical. But his, mind's, his mindset had changed as well. You know, that TriStar has got very... It's a cerebral place, George St. Pierre and, you know, all these cool French-Canadian fucking laid-back types, do you know what I mean? And they, they approach it, man, it's the martial arts, it's the spirit and all that shit. And I think that rubbed hang off on, on Tom hang, a hang on a minute. Yesterday, on yesterday's show, you were teaching me how to uh, speak Scouse. That was my French-Canadian Today, accent. you're now speaking French-Canadian. English. French-Canadian accent, English, that was. French Canadian accent English. <laughs> you can tell you've been down at IMG. I know that they knock about with all the Hollywood greats and they put on these big Hollywood blockbuster films. Trying a bit of everything. You're trying to get yourself a movie deal, you aren't you? I can be uh, Tony Bellew's spit bucket man in Creed 2. You're the main man for that. Yeah. What, and you would play a what? An English French Canadian speaker. Spit, holding the spit. Tony. Spit in the bucket. <laughs> Spit in the bucket. What is going on on this show? Uh, for everybody that is listening to us in Quebec, Montreal, Vancouver, on that side of Can- Canada. Canada, there you they, go. You're rubbing off on you now as well. They obviously speak French-Canadian. I apologise for my friend's efforts. Maybe you could get in contact with the show and give him some phrases. Maybe that's what it is. You're obviously teaching people to speak Scouse on yesterday's show yeah. by saying Falaraki. Chicken. And Chechen. Say those words like that, you're technically a scouser. Yeah. You now need maybe a few more pointers from French Canadians. Well, he's trying to say me French Canadians, bad. No, it's, well, give us a bit. It's not French, it's French Canadian English. Right, go on, give us a bit. Tom Breeze is a very cerebral fighter. That, you sound like Khabib. <laughs> just changed. <laughs> that was me Dagestan English, sorry. Uh, I'm trying to switch on to me GSP mode now. So it's, you're, in, you're in triple G mode there in boxing. Like, uh, yes, big drama show. That's right. The point I was trying to make. Let me no, just get do back the to the point. Because I'm going to get people to get us some words to help okay. you out with your acting. Um, I'm George St. Pierre. I, like to, I can't even do it now. I've gone Dagestan. See? see? I, I've, I need help. Okay. We need so, help so on me French-Canadian-English. So if you're on the west Ringo. coast of Canada, out in uh, Vancouver, if you are uh, a native of Montreal. Montreal, yeah, that's the uh, hot spot. Yeah, yeah the hot spots of uh, French-Canadian speakers. Quebec, of course. Um, if you can get in contact with the show, just send a little tweet. That'll be lovely. Just a cheeky little tweet our way um, of certain words that you can say that would automatically make Nick sound more French-Canadian English. English. That's a weird combination. <laughs> it's like, for example, if you say beer can, yeah, beer can makes it sound like you're saying bacon in Jamaican. Beer can. See what I mean? Nice. Well done. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helping you out, brother. That's it. There That's you go. good. So beer can makes you sound like you're saying bacon in Jamaican. A bacon butty. <laughs> that was Jamaican Blackburn. <laughs> a beer can butty. Now, beer can and a can of red stripe, man. <laughs> now you've gone to the northeast. Oh what are you doing? How many I'm all over can, the shop. How many accents can you do in 10 seconds with Nick Pete? There you go. So if you can help him out with a particular word that would obviously... Straight away, get you into the accent yep. of the French Canadian English. 
that would be wonderful. You can get in contact with the show at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Much appreciated for that. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much for downloading today's show. Um, really appreciate it, as ever. And if you want a little bit of an added spice, if you uh, fancy sexing up your Fight Disciples viewing, um, get yourself to our Facebook page where we put a lovely link of uh, Nick's breakdown show with uh, Dan Hardy, uh, Dan Gooden, and obviously the one and only poster boy himself, Jimmy Manua. It's available on YouTube. You can go and have a little bit of a nosy. Nick's obviously there. He's the one who's uh, nearly as black as Jimmy with the fake tan. Fake, yeah. fake beak. Yeah, he's gone for it. You, you, you're only a, a shade lighter than Jimmy there, to be fair, on the show. <laughs> fair play, son. Um, but it's all there for you. Uh, you can have a little bit of a nosy at that. And you can also... Um, subscribe to our podcast so therefore you never miss out on, our, on any of our weekly content fightdisciples.com next week's going to be slightly different uh, because I'm on holiday so Nick's in charge of the show and Nick is going to be running the show with all his celebrity mates because he's in London this weekend with all his celebrity pals at UFC London so the whole show is going to be basically Nick hanging out with celebs isn't that right my friend that's right yeah are you going to you gonna be knocking about with you there'll be, there'll be loads of uh randoms there from the world of uh, celebrity. The Z-listers will be there, won't they? Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, I'm hoping to bump in, not a Z-lister, but I'm hoping to bump in a good pal of ours, Scroobius Pip. Scroobius is usually not a million miles away from the UFC. He's a big MMA fan, Uh, yeah. Yeah, he loves it, yeah. So hopefully bump into him. Uh, Does a podcast himself. He does. Great podcast. Brilliant. Um, And the guest fighters coming over. uh, Oh, hang on. I know who it is. And I 100% want you to get her on the show. Misha Tate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing her. Well, I'm not seeing her, but I'm seeing her Thursday. Does Mrs. Pete now? We're gonna have, we're gonna spend some time together. <laughs> Jane, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, we got some new. We're dropping bombs. We're popping and plopping on this show today. <laughs> Thursday night, yeah. Me and me and uh, Miss Miss Cupcake, yeah, are gonna uh, share a cupcake. And 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 who do we talk about all the time on this show? Mickey Gull. No, not Mickey Gull. Who do we talk about? The big French shovel hands. Oh, Francis Nagunu. We need to get him on, don't we? Francis, oh yeah. No, not a problem. Me and Big Frank will be... Frank! <laughs> call him Frank. Please call him Frank. I just want to be led on my sun lounger next week, baking in the sun, listening to you talk to Francis Nagano, refer to him as Frank, and him absolutely lay you out. That's what I want. want First question. So, Frank. Yeah, that's it. So... He- the interview man is asleep. <laughs> so hopefully uh, next week you'll be hearing all the fallout to UFC London with Nick and all the people that he hangs out with over the next week or so. Obviously, Francis Nagano's in town. Misha yep. Tate's in town. We've got all the fighters in town. Uh, so it's going to be well worth a listen. Go to our website, fightdisciples.com. Hit the subscribe button. You can get it on iTunes. Uh, and therefore, you will get it first thing Thursday morning for your Thursday morning commute. What more do you want? Have a great week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard... Subscribe via iTunes.